Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the TGH College Harvard Podcast. I am Joe. With me is Greg, as always. Here to recap week one of college basketball, preview week two, talk about some notable results. Greg, how are you feeling after one week of college basketball? Got to go to some games this week. Uh, we obviously saw some interesting results, saw some things as expected. So just your typical uh, opening college basketball week, I feel like, Joe. Yeah, I wish uh, we talked about this too. It was kind of a lackluster slate. I kind of wish there was uh, more marquee games. They used to have the Champions Classic the first week. They used to have the 24-hour uh, marathon that they used to do. It is it is a, a sport that needs to come out with more of a bang. Uh, I'm not going to bring up other sports like other people do, but I will say it does feel like a little bit of a dud uh, with how they did things. We did get some good games and some under-the-radar games, especially Friday, that will have tournament teams on it and some, as you said, upset results. But, you know, if you're really trying to get people outside of diehard college basketball fans to watch, I don't know if that that first week schedule really accomplished that. All right, so let's go to the – let's go to our recap of – week one we're going to start it off with our pick games and then we'll get to some other notable results after that uh we're going to start it off with number 21 usc and kansas state uh this was a game that i think we both had uh usc in this one greg we talked about uh naquan tomlin was out for kansas state and it's a very i would say there's no timetable for his return right now so that could that gives you a picture of what they could look like the rest of the season if they're without him tyler perry had a big game for them uh, I know they were counting on Arthur Kaluma to also play well, and he'll get more and more involved as the season goes on. But USC wins this one, 82-69. I think, you know, we both came away impressed with the backcourt for USC. Boogie Ellis had 24 points. We kind of knew what he was coming into the season. Uh, but Isaiah Collier uh, for USC, Greg, the freshman, he's proven why everyone said he was the number one recruit. He's uh, doing a really good job early on, and I think this backcourt can really work together pretty well. Yeah, I was really impressed with what I saw from Collier, uh, passing, shooting, finish, finished through contact a couple of times. Um, seems like a very dynamic player, probably ex- exactly what you'd expect from, uh, you know, the number one player in a class and still managed to impress me. You know, like I think when you have that tag on you, you maybe have to uh, exceed expectations a little bit or, or you're expected to do more than your average, you know, top five star top 10 whatever player and he still managed to have me a couple of times um there were it wasn't just you know shooting a day there were a few passes that i you know uh, i remember um there was a there was a uh, entry pass a bounce pass uh that just i have in the back of my mind i can't even remember who it was to um but i really like that team going forward there's a lot of pieces um they have some good uh rim protection too um, they like, I got a couple of, of big guys in there, um, between page and Morgan that I, that I like. So that team might, uh, I know they start off back into the top 25. That might be a better team than, uh, than we thought coming into the season. Yeah. If they say guard, college basketball is about guard play. They have two very, very good ones. And if they keep on working well together, that's, that's impressive. My takeaway from this game. And then we also have another game coming up. We're going to talk about too, that kind of all comes together is we were lied to about this freshman class. I believe this freshman class has a lot of guys who are contributing early, which shows good signs for later on in the season. I think a lot of times maybe people look at it from an NBA draft perspective of like, oh, Brandon Miller, 6'9", and can shoot threes, and it has great body control and can dunk. These, this class has some good basketball players. It's not saying Isaiah, Isaiah Collier is not athletic, but 
they know how to play basketball. Collier is very, very smart. Uh, we're going to get to some other freshmen, whether, you know, later on in the season with Kentucky, who has a really good freshman class. Uh, we saw some in, in, in Duke. We saw some Michigan State. But Baylor as well, with Kobe Walter, we're going to get to here in a little bit. I think this freshman class is like a, a group of non-athletes necessarily, like not like guys who are going to wow you, as we're going to get to with Walter, but like they're good basketball players, and that means something. So not just because you're not the most athletic, especially the way the, way, the, way the league is going, NBA and college, with guys like Steph Curry, who also isn't the most athletic, being stars, this is kind of how things are going. So if you're not the most athletic, keep on trying, and we'll see what happens. But call year, I mean, quick first step, great passer. He has those athletic tangible uh, tangibles but he also has some intangibles that i like too i'm excited to see how he progresses down the stretch all right next one up we talked about it auburn and baylor uh this one as greg will yell at me if i don't mention was at the pentagon in south dakota um one that had a little bit of swings back and forth i would say you know it wasn't like something that um was clearly defined the whole game but baylor did end up winning 88 to 82 uh jacoby walter the freshman i mentioned before 28 points and six rebounds. And Auburn, uh, for their freshman, Aiden Holloway, he had nine, 19 points and six assists. Also ran ran things pretty well. So uh, good freshman play there. But I was, as someone who was down on Baylor and said, like, hey, they need this guy to be a star, uh, They he stepped up in this game. There's another game later in this week where he did not play that well against John Brown. Uh, but he played well in this game, and that's what they need. If he plays this way, they can be a top 20 team. They can compete in the Big 12. If he doesn't, that's where I get concerned with this Baylor team. Yeah, Joe, the only thing I would add, uh, kind of echoes some other points that you've made. There's another freshman we forgot who uh, may turn out. He's, uh, I think, a top 50, 51st maybe. Um, talking about Misi, had a had a ridiculous uh, steal. And it, for a big guy, taking it down the floor for a, for a dunk that was at a pivotal moment in the game. Um, so, yeah, I think, Joe, there's, there's a lot more freshmen that can play basketball. Uh, you know, maybe we don't have that kind of – freak athlete josh jackson type where we're just like you know this guy's got you know he can you know he's got the length he can dunk he can whatever but we've got some we've got some good ball players um i like i still liked what i saw from auburn i know they lost this game neutral court game this is another one of those games that like i just i don't think this is going to hurt them you know come tournament time i don't think this is one that the committee is going to look at and say you know that's a that's a bad loss um, I, I will say, I think we both kind of said we weren't sure what to say about Baylor. You know, they were replacing a lot of pieces. Um, I think it's going to, it might take them a little bit of time to get together. Um, Bridges, Ray J. Dennis. Uh, obviously, we saw a great game from Jacoby Walter. I, I really liked um, what I saw from the uh, the transfer out of ECU. Non, he looks quick as can be, might be able to offer them, um, you know, some, some rim runner. Um, there, I, I did like, uh, I was, I was a little surprised by what I saw out of Baylor was they were more put together than I thought they would be this early in the season for a team that was kind of turning over a lot. So, um, you know, and one piece that was quiet, but it was nice to see him back on the floor, Jonathan Chamuchachua, you know, obviously coming back from injury and whatnot. So it was good to see him back on the floor, but, uh, Langston love, I mean, there is, there is something to like about this team. I don't think I thought they were going to play as well as they, as they would against, you know, a team that's traditionally you know kind of a defensive juggernaut uh auburn under under bruce pearl so props to them for putting up over 80 um maybe this baylor team is better than we thought you know and i think they're going to need to be looking at that up and down that big 12 so anything else to add joe no i, I really did like ray j dennis uh, i think he's gonna be a key factor of why they are better than i thought i didn't think he'd be bad or anything i just didn't think he'd be as good as he is so so soon uh transferring in after being the mac player of the year um uh, this is a again pressed with both teams too. I, I would say that um, something we mentioned just on the side note, KD Johnson being back at Auburn surprises me. He didn't really play much in this game. His role has been reduced, and I get it. Like he's a guy. I think if you're going to play him, you have to eat the fact that the offense is not going to be there. But that defense is so good. You know, you don't need a lot of these basketball teams now. All these college teams are built with like. 10 guys who can score. You can take a guy like KD Johnson and play him. You can play him 30 minutes, and if he, you've got other guys who can score, it can really help a team. So um, that was something that was surprising to me. His role just continues to be a little bit diminished. I think he can play a role down the stretch for him, but I would have thought he would have transferred. But other than that, it was a very good game, back and forth, and then at the end, uh, Baylor gets the win. Next one up, we have New Mexico and St. Mary's. Now, this was the worst broadcast of all time, at least since maybe, I don't know, 2000. Um, there was... 
audio issues all game. If anyone who watched this, you know, on replay or even live, audio was coming in and out. You couldn't even hear what players they were talking about. So if people don't know, I would not blame them for this. Uh, but also there was like cameras that were losing battery that was showing up on screen. It was a shit show. It's what we love about mid-major college basketball. These, you know, games where you have New Mexico versus St. Mary's. Uh, St. Mary's pretty much ran this thing the whole time. I would credit it mostly to Aiden Mahaney. Aiden Mahaney, who had 25 points, he got going really early, and that set the tone. Now, New Mexico wasn't full strength in this game, so I don't think you can come, kind of come away and say, uh, hey, this is what they are. But it was a good showing for St. Mary's, which was a good thing because later in the week they did not fare so well. Yeah, Joe, you touched on the uh, the one point I wanted to make. No Jalen House for New Mexico. Obviously, I like watching this team, uh, you know, but – being honest, you know, they're a fringe tournament team at best. I just think they have some players that are fun to watch. I don't think this is a loss that, you know, is going to hurt them. I, you know, will continue to see what they look like when they're at full strength. Um, Aiden Mahaney, obviously, like you said, came out, looks great. You know, sophomore year, we'll, we'll get to a, something a little later in the week here. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a good start for them, at least. I can, can say that much. So, um, again, not against the full strength New Mexico, but, you know, hey, a team that might be um, looking at a possible, you know, at-large tournament bid, you know, you're, you're going to take a win against them every time. So, Yeah, I would say one one takeaway from this game, other than just Aiden Mahaney's really good, kind of already knew that going in, is that uh, the coaches' poll should not be trusted. St. Mary's dropped one spot. I don't think they – they don't think they had all the people watch the games or put the polls in. They got they got uh, 20 votes in the uh, in the AP as well. Yeah. So they're they're they were they were in the others receiving votes. So they did drop a game to Weaver. We'll go ahead. We can go ahead and chat about that now. They dropped a game to Weaver State. I'll I'll eat crow. I'll eat my crow. I I still like this team. I I don't know. I mean, we obviously we just saw Michigan State lose to. We don't need to get in all these now, but we just saw Michigan State lose to James Madison. I mean, these things happen. It's early in the year. I don't know, but I I still like this team. I you know maybe it was a little get a little ahead of myself saying they might overtake uh gonzaga for the wcc crown but you know uh at least they got one good win in this week and you know we'll see where where they go uh yeah i i'm with you i I don't think this is an indictment on how the rest of the season is going to go but let's keep in mind weber state in this uh, big sky conference is going to be a team that you know typically gets like a 16 seed if they win their conference tournament. Sometimes they get a little bit higher. And for them, if they do win, that's good for them that they get an extra seed level here. Maybe they get a 15 seed. That could be huge for, for anyone, as you know, more 15 seeds win than 16 seeds. So um, I'm I'm interested to see how they move forward. I don't think, as you said, it's an indictment on anything. But they did play three games this week. That's not something that's typical for a regular college basketball week. So we'll see if they can get things going uh, from here on out. Uh all right, so let's go to Friday. We have Arizona and Duke. Now, we were at a different game when this was going on, but we've both gone back and rewatched this. Uh, it's always good for the sport when some of these bigger uh, teams end up playing each other. This one at Cameron Indoor, we love when they're on campus for some of these. Uh, Arizona wins this one 78-73. I would give credit for the most part there for player development. A lot of the guys that we didn't know how good they'd be this year stepped up. Um, and they also, I think their defensive adjustments were really good. And I think it's just, you know, a little bit of, they have a more solid team overall than Duke does. And Duke has one hell of a player. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. Uh, I think one player we have to talk about is Kylan Boswell. I think he had a great game. Uh, I love how he's leading that team. Not a guy that I necessarily had on my, you know, radar as a, you know, a top whatever point guard coming into the year, but man, does he look like he might fit the part in a team that's, looking to me like it's going to be a top 15 top 10 team uh you know for the for the whole year and having i believe he's a he's a sophomore correct having a sophomore leading the uh leading the point um obviously we know uh, a lot of the other pieces that are you know on that team we we uh, maybe brought up caleb love as one of our top transfers a little bit um you know pella larson uh who obviously, obviously originally also was a transfer there's you know also obviously there's some back end pieces um interested to see what we get out of Jaden Bradley and you know it'll be interesting to see what we get out of their bench but man their front line looks pretty darn good and and you know obviously that's why they took uh took Duke to the wire and then finished the game on the road in Cameron one of the you know we would agree one of the hardest environments to win in so do you have any other takeaways from that game uh just two major points we're gonna go over um just for for everyone's 
point of view. Greg does not like Kale of Love. I do like Kale of Love. Uh, Greg, I was not going to bring it up. <laughs> Greg, Greg does not like his inefficiency. I I appreciate players that can go get you a basket when you need a basket, especially talk about March. Um, you know, say Boswell has a bad game. Larson isn't cutting as much, you know, and the paint is clogged up. I think it's important to have him. I know he didn't have the best game in this one, but he did play good defense, and I do think that's something of value. But I understand Greg's point, too. He's not the most efficient player. I just think he gives you more than players before, like Kirk Creasa, who all he can do is shoot. And, yes, he had some assists, too, but, like, he's not getting into the paint. Like, the fact that you can do a couple different things offensively, that's going to be valuable, I think, in March when they do get shut down by some teams and they need someone who can just go get a bucket. Uh, Number two, we had texted about this, too. Right now, Duke is a one-man team. Filipowski was their whole game plan, 25 points, eight rebounds. Uh, That was, I mean, it was a great game for him, but Arizona made those adjustments. Uh, I mentioned in our preseason show, I needed to see a Duke guard step up and score. We did see that at the end of the game. Jeremy Roach hit a couple big shots down the stretch. He has to play that way the rest of the season for them to be that good, or they have to have freshmen develop. Uh, Greg, something you mentioned while we were texting is a lot of the freshmen didn't really have a big impact in this game for Duke. And when you have these big recruiting classes, yes, you have returning starters uh, like you know Proctor and Roach and Filipowski and, and, and Young on the interior and Mitchell. You need some other guys who can create one and can you know come and provide a role for this team, which they just didn't have in this game necessarily. All right, so we'll move on to the next thing. We have Texas A&M and Ohio State. The podcast made a little bit of road trip up to this game to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, This was one where we we got there a little bit late, but we saw most of the game. I was specifically um, impressed with Texas A&M because, well, we already knew they had guys coming back. Tyrese Radford had a good game. Wade Taylor had a good game, even though he was in foul foul trouble. Henry Coleman in that that high post and mid-post area really operated pretty well. Um, Ohio State, I... I can't say I'm too happy with how their offense was. Uh, Bruce Thornton threw up a lot of shots and didn't really – it didn't seem like there was a lot of movement. I don't know how good this team can be. I know last year was tough for him, but uh, if we talk about inefficient players, I think Bruce Thornton's also going to be on the list of, of guys who is going to be maybe inefficient this year. Yeah, Joe, we heard some you know some stuff about um, some of the uh... – was specifically one of the Ohio State freshmen for me that was coming in, um, Scotty Middleton. I heard a little bit about Devin Royal. It doesn't seem like those guys are doing much at the moment. And, and I mean, how many times when we were watching that game did we say uh, the Ohio State offense was Bruce Thornton drives the hoop and takes a pull-up or a floater or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, they want to, you know, not be bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. They're going to have to get something figured out on offense. They did um, – hold Wade Taylor to a slow start. He obviously came in and uh, put some buckets in in the latter half of the game. So there's, I guess, something to be taken. Um, I obviously took Ohio State, you know, just thought maybe something funky would happen. Team on the road, first week of the season. Um, But uh, they, I mean, I know it was a closer game, but regardless of the score, I didn't really like what I saw from Ohio State. I did like what I saw from Texas A&M. So any other thoughts, Joe? No, I will say I was a little bit unimpressed with the environment, something we mentioned too. The ticket prices weren't that much, but like the student section was half dead, and we know they're in the middle of a, you know, college football playoff push here for football, and they had to get home game the next day. But that's such a big university, and it was such a, you know, big game. I mean, it was a top 25 team coming in. I mean, Texas Animal 16 overall. Um, you got to, I think, show up a little bit better for that. So I, I was a little bit unimpressed with that, but I understand if they're a little bit apathetic after last year, because last year was a disaster. So I'm. Impressed with Texas A&M, the same. I, I was very high on them preseason. I think they can win the SEC. I think they can be a pretty good team, and we saw that with Wade Taylor getting the preseason accolades. So happy to see that in person. Uh, happy to make a little bit of money on that game while we were watching that up at Ohio State. Um, one other game that I'm going to add to the list really quickly, impromptu, Greg, uh, that I think is worth noting, and it's, we don't talk about it too much because we didn't really prep for this, uh, that I missed it completely as well. Uh, BYU beat San Diego State. Um, I don't think we thought BYU would be quite this good, especially going to the Big 12. And San Diego State, I don't know how you feel about them, Greg, but I know they're top 25, but they're one of those teams who lost a lot from that team. We talked uh, about Arizona. Arizona has Kashad Johnson, who was a starter on that team, and he was a really good glue guy for Arizona in that game against Duke. Um, They lost some other guys from that team as well. So BYU beat San Diego State, too. I don't know if you had any other thoughts on it, but I wanted to mention that while we were going through Friday games. 
Yeah, just just they were one of the two teams to drop out of the AP poll this week, San Diego State. Um, but uh, I didn't, you know what? I didn't look. Did BYU receive votes? I didn't even check to see if that that was a uh, uh, something that happened there. Yeah, they did receive uh, thirty-two votes, so probably like the thirtieth team according to the AP, give or take. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe they're going to be better than. Uh, we obviously again we're, we're one week into the season. We're not going to make any. Uh, there's really only one team I'm ready to make a call on at the moment, but um, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna get too far ahead of ourselves uh, with most of these squads. But yeah, I think that that is a notable result. Um, didn't even have it on our radar to talk last week. I mean, uh, Joe and I, as you know, with our friends, we pick every uh, top 25 game. We're not going to talk about every single game that you didn't need to hear us talk about Baylor and John Brown last week. I don't think that's you know good use of anybody's time. But uh, this was one that we picked and. I believe we probably both picked wrong. I'm pretty sure I picked San Diego State. and um, One that we didn't have on our radar to talk about on the podcast, but obviously a notable result. So I'm glad you brought that one up, Joe. That'll be something to watch going forward, see how that San Diego State team comes along. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a couple of Mountain West teams that will be big this year, possibly a, a fight for the top spots there. And for BYU with the new conference, going to be tough in the Big 12. I don't know how, how good they'll be, but this will be a nice feather in their cap at least to start things off. Um, other Friday games we had, we had Tennessee and Wisconsin, uh, one we, we, you know, had a chance, we had to miss this one, but, uh, I know I went back and rewatched, uh, Tennessee ends up winning 80 to 70. Um, we had talked a lot about Dalton connect, Greg, uh, he had a fantastic game, 24 points. We also saw some Kai Ziegler back in the lineup after he got injured last year, a defensive force, but also kind of gets the offense going. Um, I think. I, again, I hate to do this and be like the middle guy every time, but I came away impressed with both teams because, you know, Tennessee showed they can score the basketball, which is something they've struggled with for the last several years. Wisconsin, uh, they brought everyone back last year. Tyler Wall being healthy I think is crucial. I think they could have been a much better team if he was healthy down the stretch last year. They brought in A.J. Storr, who I think gave him something. Um, they moved Decision to the bench to, to, to facilitate that. I think this this Wisconsin team can be pretty good in the Big Ten as well. So I, I hate to be the guy who always says I like both teams here, but I do like what both teams brought to the table in this game. I completely agree with that. Anytime you put up 70-plus on Tennessee, I would feel the same way about you know a team that does that against Auburn, these defensive-minded teams. Yes, this Tennessee team is a little bit different than the ones we've seen in the past, but they did have Zakai Ziegler back playing a little bit of a minutes restriction. I think they had said on the broadcast that they were, they were only going to have him play like 20 minutes. It felt like he might have played. I didn't look at the box score. It felt like he might have played more than that, especially when the game was close coming down the stretch. Um, the only other thing, I, I would echo everything you said. I, yeah, I was impressed with both teams. I think Wisconsin's in my mind, they're a top 25 team. I was impressed with what I saw from them. The only thing that I noticed, you know, because I kind of started thinking, okay, this is a Tennessee team that, you know, yes, they have a little bit of more offensive firepower, but, you know, why are they letting up, you know, more points than they do in in the past? And I just kind of noticed that Wisconsin, a lot of Wisconsin's buckets and a lot of their looks were coming from the inside, um, both in terms of your, your, penetrate and then kick out or just straight as they call it booty ball where you know crowl or um uh wall would just i mean would just body someone into the post um aj store i i feel like got some decent looks he he looked a little i don't know if rusty's the right word for it but he just looked off he got some good looks and those those shots just they looked like they weren't comfortable for him i don't know what's going on with that obviously I uh, like the player, like his size, like, you know, what he probably brings to that team, um, you know, a good, hopefully offensive weapon that, you know, brings a little bit different than the other guys on the Wisconsin team, but just something to pay attention to, you know, if you see Tennessee matching up with that, you know, a team that has, you know, good interior presence or, or likes to play out of the post, um, you might, you might think twice about, you know, picking Tennessee in that game. Definitely. I, I do have to say, I think, you mentioned this too. Crowell is a very good post moves on the inside for Wisconsin. Tyler Wall is like the niftiest guy in the sport. I think he just finds little areas to get into, can kind of go in the high post and go in the mid post. He can kind of just wiggle his way around the basket. I think that was huge. And the Chucky Hepburn, I think, is actually going to be really improved too. I think I really like this Wisconsin team. They have some depth now. Um, and, and, you know, they lose by 10 points to a Tennessee team that I think could make the Final Four this year. So a lot of good basketball there. 
Uh, Friday night, we also had Yale at Gonzaga, one we picked because I mentioned Yale as a team I like this year. And just as we kind of predicted, Greg, Gonzaga, Yale, first half, very close. Gonzaga ends up leading by five at the half. They run away in the second half. They win 86-71. to uh, I think it's kind of what we expected going in, so I don't have too many things to take away from. But we also found out Steel Venters is out for the season for Gonzaga. They have some depth issues. I'm kind of concerned about that moving forward in terms of you know, NCAA tournament time, what that might look like. I still think they have enough to win the WCC, but uh, that definitely makes things tough for, for Gonzaga moving forward. And let's just be clear. When we say we're concerned about Gonzaga, we're concerned about Gonzaga title hopes. Like, they're still one of the best mid-major teams in the country. I mean, they're still going to be I, – I would imagine you wouldn't disagree. Yeah, maybe some depth issues are going to hurt them, but probably a top 15, top 20 team most of the year. They're just probably not going to be that, you know, 30-5 and five Gonzaga team that we're used to the past couple of years. They'll probably drop a few games because somebody's going to get in foul trouble and they're just not going to have the players they need to have on the floor. Um, won't be surprised, you know, if I think they have a streak of it's – I cannot recall off the top of my head. It's some a number of sweet 16s in a row. I can't I, – I, I know I just heard it last week. Uh, but that was that's one that I'd be saying we'd probably be looking at just we're gonna have to look at where they get in the in the bracket and uh, I'll, I'll probably be picking unless they get a really favorable matchups probably be picking them to win one game but not two. I would agree. I do have to say Graham Ike had a very good game for him in this one. He's the Wyoming transfer, um, very soft touch, good around the rim. And then also Dusty Stromer uh, looks like he could be the next good Gonzaga shooter, um, which will be huge. But again, if you just don't, if you don't have the depth, and you know one injury goes against you, it could really change the way the season happens. I know personally, I saw that with Kentucky last year. You had Severe Wheeler get hurt, you had C.J. Frederick get hurt, you had Kaysom Wallace get hurt, missed like two games, even though he was banged up the rest of the way. It really just it can take you from a team that maybe gets like a two or three seed all the way down to a six or seven seed. So hopefully for Gonzaga, they can stay healthy and have these guys kind of break out in their new roles. So those were the games we picked. There's some other ones that we have to mention that we did not pick, but were upsets. We already mentioned Weber State and St. Mary's while we talked about St. Mary's. So we'll get into James Madison and Michigan State. James Madison goes to Michigan State and wins 79-76. to Now, Greg, one thing I mentioned uh, to you, I think, was, well, first of all, this game went into overtime too, but I mentioned to you, this was not like some fluke upset where they were just nailing every three they took. This was like they were out-rebounding Michigan State for much of the game. Uh, they were they were taking a two on Michigan State wasn't having the best time with with turnovers. It's this was not a fluke. It, it, it was a legit win. James Madison actually has some good players, and I think maybe exposed Michigan State. Maybe the preseason hype was too much. Like they were they were a seven seed last year. Like they, yeah, they got a lot back, but they, it wasn't like they were like an amazing team. So I, I don't know if you had a chance to go back and rewatch it, but it was a a very I would say legit win for James Madison. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I would want to say is let's not forget that this is a game that was happening because uh, Tom Izzo's nephew is on the coaching staff at James Madison. This is a James Madison team that was picked to win the Sun Belt. This is not like some 16 seed. I'm not saying like this is, oh, we can write this loss off. It's it's concerning. Um, I'm pulling up the exact stats now, but Joe, I know I mentioned this to you. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on was the three-point shooting for – Michigan State, it was like two for 33 or something over their first two games. I believe they were one for 22 in this game. I I wanted to say I after seeing this this game that, oh, that won't keep happening. And then they went right back around, and I know they won their, their next game, but they did the same thing. So that might be concerning. And, Joe, I know you had mentioned, uh, one, you know, another note, uh, Booker maybe not playing as much as we thought. I think we both were really high on him, thought, you know, big guy at Michigan state. He's going to get worked in. He's maybe not getting as many, as many minutes as, as much as many touches as we thought. So just a couple things to watch with this team. They obviously have a big game that we're getting ready to talk about. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's concerning, but it's, it's, they didn't lose to, you know, just a, it's, you know, it's going to be a bad loss, but it's not, it's not one of those, you know, just absolute resume destroyer losses. James Madison is in the is in the uh, AP poll at, at uh, 24 this week. So again, it doesn't mean that much. But you know, I know Joe, you saw the end of their next game. They turned right around, and, and I can't recall who they're playing. But I know you, you it was a, it was a, was it a MAC team they were playing or something? And they went to double overtime. Was it Toledo or something? Kent State. 
yeah. Kent State. So yeah. I mean, again, it's it's not it's it's concerning for a team that you know I was very high on coming into the year. You know, thinking they were you know right there with your your Tennessee's and whatnot, being a, you know maybe a top five, top ten team. Not the kind of game you want to lose, but definitely not like you know just a horrid you know. No, don't understand that at all. Loss. It's at least what looks like to have the makings of a decent team. Yeah, I think you're right. The shooting might be concerning long term more than anything. Not the loss itself. Um, you know, they don't have Hauser coming out of there, then knocking down threes for him. They don't have Matt McQuaid like the last couple of years. They they need some guys to knock down some shots, and that's going to be huge. I'll mention for JMU, like I said, not a fluke. TJ Bakerstaff transferred in from Boston College. His dad had been an NBA coach. You probably heard the name before. He had 14 rebounds in that game. Terrence Edwards was really good at creating his own shot and driving the ball well. And for Michigan State, I think that's going to take a little bit of working these freshmen in. I know I really like Cohen Carr and what he brings to the table, uh, more of a glue guy. Kind of reminds me of Jared Vanderbilt from Kentucky a couple years ago. Just can do a little bit of everything, rebound well. Uh, but you're right, we have to figure out, is Booker going to play? Are they going to, what are they going to do with Sissoko if Booker does play? Um, all that stuff. I, I just It's going to be one of those things that will be interesting to watch. I think they're one of the teams you have to watch these next couple of weeks to see how things really figure out. And I do think Tom Izzo will figure it out. It's just going to take some time. I think that's a good point, Joe. I don't think I don't think Izzo's figured out what his best rotations are. I mean, we've seen just on the inside, Carson Cooper's been getting minutes. Soko's been getting minutes. Booker's been in. I, maybe Tom Izzo just hasn't figured out what he wants to do yet. And unfortunately, we're, again, about to talk about a big game probably time you'd want to have things figured out but you know Tyson Walker still had 35 in that game against James Madison I mean there's things to like um you know but it's just it's just something to keep an eye on definitely he always seems to get him right so we'll see what happens there and they do have a lot of talent uh maybe just not the best parts together if it ends up being that way uh but it could be a loss that maybe helps them get better down the stretch maybe helps them get better this week so we'll see the last game we have to talk about, though, notable results, Louisville loses to Chattanooga. Now, Chattanooga usually has a pretty good program, but it's still not looking good for Kenny Payne. And Louisville, um, they are a program that has had two rough years in a row. And it's, I mean, it, it's getting to the point where if he loses some games to some of these teams again this year, it's the change might happen midseason. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing that you know I was going to touch on. That's my team. I'm ready to I'm ready to write off at this point, and that I don't think it's I don't think he'll be the coach next year. I mean I don't foresee any kind of stupendous turnaround. I I I think they're done, and you know I don't think anybody really thought you know that having Kenny Payne at the helm was going to go this way. You know maybe things are different if if DJ Wagner ends up, you know, saying I want to go play where, you know, Grandpa Milt played and and you know, was on that Louisville team, but you know, he wasn't able to finish that. So right now, I mean, like I, I what there's nothing they're not good at recruiting. They're not they don't forget they they won the UMBC game by 1 point. I mean, we're we're literally a basket away from this team being 0 and 2 against two very, you know, you know, small schools, this could be even, that's, that's the scary thing. This could be even worse than it is sitting here right now. Uh, I'm just, I, I don't think he's the coach next year. No. And everything I can tell you about Kenny Payne from his time at Kentucky, very good at developing Kentucky's big guys Uh, did not have as much to do with the guards at Kentucky. He's a very good recruiter. I don't think he's like an X's nose guy either. So when college basketball is dominated by guards, and possibly some X's nose. I don't know if that's really going to be a thing where he's a great head coach. Obviously, it hasn't worked out so far, but I, you know, we'll see what happens with him this year. I hope that he does well and can keep the job moving forward. All right, so th- we have our recap for the week, and we're going to go to our picks of the week. We'll kind of break it down by three different categories as Greg's joined by a friend. Um, yeah, if you see me making gyrations, this is actually not my dog. We've been, so we've introduced Rondo. Rondo's been on the show. Rondo's Joe's dog. My dog is Luna. She's getting groomed today. She's golden doodle, so she doesn't shed. So they have to cut her hair. And this is uh, our my brother-in-law Cameron's dog, Marley. I'm, I dropped Luna off to get groomed today and didn't want to go all the way back home, so I stopped off and decided it would be a good idea to let Marley out of her crate. So if you see me gyrating or anything, I know obviously if you're just listening to the Apple, you won't – know what we're talking about here but marley may come into frame she's a little more active during the day than my dog so well Mar- marley will be joining us for a good portion of uh picking college basketball games here because we have duke and michigan state we mentioned that michigan state had a big game going on this is in chicago 
And, you know, I, I think the Vegas is doing a good job of not overreacting to that loss, Greg. Duke's only favored by two and a half on a neutral floor. That's This is going to be a pretty close game, I think. I agree. Uh, the only the only thing I you know I want to say is if you want to look that, at this from a from a storyline, you know, is like who do you think needs this game more? I'm not saying like oh we're gonna panic if either of these teams. I mean we're talking about two top ten, top fifteen teams playing against each other, but like what's gonna look worse if if and I I have my answer in my mind. I just don't want to give you that bias. But if Duke loses to Arizona and then goes and loses to Michigan State. Or if Michigan State obviously has that bad loss to JMU and then goes and loses to Duke. I, I, I know what my answer would be, Joe. What do you think would look worse in terms of optics? I think it would look lo- worse for Izzo, but I do think that people would kind of give him like, oh, well, Izzo will figure it out type of thing. With with Shire, it'll be uh, more forgivable, but also people would start wondering, okay, can this guy coach? It's year two. What's going on? He has some of his players in there. So that, that's kind of how I would answer. I think it's the reactions are different. I think it, my opinion, I think it would be worse optics for Duke just because because of the what we've seen from Michigan State in the uh, the last couple. I think we would if if they lose this game, it's going to be because it's the same story that you've already talked about. It's we're just getting points from um, Kyle Filipowski. I think that's. I guess maybe I should have elaborated a little bit. I think that to me, if we see the same thing and they lose the game, I mean, there's going to start to be a little bit of panic. Now, obviously, they took a good Arizona team to the buzzer, so not too much panic. But we're talking about a team that everybody's saying, you know, national title hopes. We might be ready. We're not going to say, you know, this team isn't a Sweet 16 team. This team isn't this or that. You might be ready to say, hey, maybe we should take a second, you know, take a step back and say, is this a national title worthy team? Or, you know, are they kind of in that second tier? Um, We'll be looking to see. uh, We'll be looking to see if any of those freshmen get more minutes tonight, have bigger impact. Um, McCain had, uh, I think nine points, uh, against Arizona. So he was their uh, biggest contributor. Um, uh, I think Stewart played like four minutes in the whole game. We'll see if he plays more, you know, it, it's, let's just see Shire get weird, you know, see what it, see what he has instead of, you know, um, you know, putting the same old guys out there and, and obviously expecting the same result. That's, I mean, that's my opinion. I am, uh, I am going to take Michigan state in this game. Um, I, you know, if we, if we hadn't talked, I probably would have picked Duke, but, you know, just taking the, taking a a more of a look into the things that you had mentioned that we like and don't like about Duke. Um, I know Michigan state obviously had a concerning result last week, but I'll go ahead and take Michigan state. I'll take Tyson Walker to have a big game. Um, interested to see how they, uh, how they, uh, guard Filipowski, you know, um, we had kind of talked about offline, um, you know, how Filipowski's dynamism where he's got that pick and roll, pick and pop kind of, you know, flexibility. It makes them hard to guard. Arizona made some good defensive adjustments. Um, I'll be interested to see what Michigan State does with that. But I, I just I something's telling me big game for for Tyson Walker. And, you know, because uh, I mean, who's probably going to be guarding him? Probably Proctor to start. Right. I mean, I and then, you know, maybe one of the freshmen in later. So we'll see. But the, Joe, who are you taking? Uh, Michigan State, uh, as you mentioned, it's just a lot of Kyle Filipowski and not much else for Duke yet. I do think they can develop and have other guys step up. Uh, and even Jeremy Roach doing that in game one really did help me a little bit with Duke. Um, it was when I was high on preseason. I just thought we'd see a little bit more in the first couple games of the season. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan State for a couple of reasons. I think guard play matters. I think Michigan State as a whole has better guard play than Duke, especially if they're playing their best. They did not play their best against James Madison, specifically A.J. Hogard did not. Uh, he plays better if Aikens plays better and if Tyson Walker continues to play well and, and even plays better himself because he didn't play perfect either. That's huge. And also, they're one of the few teams in the country, and maybe it's just, you know, maybe – Maybe them, maybe Kentucky, maybe some of the other schools like that. Um, they're one of the teams that can throw bodies at Filipowski. Different looks in terms of who's guarding him, whether it's size, whether it's athleticism. Maybe Carr gets on him. Uh, if you need someone to get, you know, around screens, over screens, you need you know someone to, to kind of bang him in the post. That's they got that. So I'm going to go Michigan State as well. Neutral site game, and I think the guard play will matter. So I think we're on the same page there. Uh, but let's go to the second game. Kansas and Kentucky, number one and number two all-time in wins in college basketball. We have uh, Kansas, who maybe lost a scrimmage we're not supposed to you know, know about, even though it was televised. We have Kentucky. Um, both of them are 2-0. and 
teams have played a lot of times in the past, whether it's this challenge or the Big Big 12 SEC challenge. A lot of freshmen for Kentucky. There's there's a lot to be excited about for this game because I don't think it's as I don't think it's as, as over as other people maybe think. Kansas is only favored by three and a half. Yeah, I am going to take Kansas as well. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on with that Kentucky team. You know, it, it, there's there's a lot we've seen that we like. Um, you know, we've gotten the chance to see them uh, in the preseason, you know, play on their foreign tour and whatnot. But um, it's Bill Self's world, and we're just living in it until somebody, somebody shows me otherwise. So this is not an indictment on Kentucky at all they just happen to be playing kansas and i think joe we both kind of said that this is this might not even be one of the better kansas teams that we've seen in the last couple of years but it's still kansas it's still bill self it's it's again it's still his world and we're just we're just all living in it i are you know arguably probably one of the top two top three coaches in the sport right now with a decent you know set of guys and i'll take them to win until uh you know, we, we see otherwise. Let me ask you this, Joe. You're obviously our uh, you're obviously our Kentucky fan, our resident Kentucky fan. Kentucky wins this game. What happened to make that? Uh, what if if we're looking after the game, we're we're talking post game. What happened to make that? What does Kentucky have to do to, to pull out this win? I don't know. I'm still I'm still flip flopping who I'm going to take here. I don't know, um, but I do think if they do win. Um, it's going to be because Kansas doesn't have enough three-point shooters to spread the floor. Uh, people, they're able to double Dickinson in the post, or at least, you know, even if they go one to guard them straight up, they're allowed to, you know, pack it in a little bit against them, um, and, and that could be the difference. Kentucky's bigs are out for this game still. Aaron Bradshaw's not going to play. Uh, Ugo's not going to play for them. They're going to go small. So if they pull Dickinson away from the basket, we saw last year he struggled pretty bad with defense specifically some of the more mobile guys he had to guard that's how it's going to be it's either going to be dickinson does enough to make kentucky pay for not having a big or he's going to be stretched out so much that kentucky's going to be able to score around him now you know what i'll i'll go kentucky with this one i i think it's going to be a close game again kansas only favored by three and a half i do like their guard play but if you can't hit shots it's going to make it tough and kentucky i think with their ability to get out in transition could pull hunter dickinson away from the basket as well i'll say they win I don't. I do think there's a possibility they get blown out too. But at the same time, um, I just you know young teams they have some veterans at least with Antonio Reeves who can knock down some shots. Um, I think Kentucky is kind of like simmer in there. They want to win this game after how things have been talked about them the last couple of years. And going small might be the best thing for this team. We talked about it last year, Greg, a lot. Oscar Sheblay clogging up the paint and not being a good passer out of the post made that offense bad. Even though he was a very good individual player, very good rebounder, and you would take him on your team. It's hard to run a free-flowing offense that works these days. So I'll go Kentucky. I, I think it's, you know, after Kansas lost that scrimmage that, again, we're not allowed to know about or talk about. Uh, I think there's some doubts there with them and with Hunter Dickinson as well. And uh, I'll, I'll go Kentucky. I'll, I'll take my chances there. So that wraps up the Champions Classic. Uh, let's go to the Gavitt games. These are the Big Ten Big East games for Dave Gavitt. Uh, we'll start off with Xavier Purdue. We both uh, went to Xavier, graduated from Xavier, uh, I think. I guess I didn't officially see your diploma, but we'll, we'll assume. Um, I have it. Okay, there you go. I paid for it. I I, I darn sure have it because I paid for you it. You paid for it. That's right. You didn't earn it. You paid for it. Uh, but uh, this one, I, I'm not too excited for, Greg. What, what do you think? Oh, no, I just wanted to hear I just wanted to hear what you had to say about how, how many points Purdue is going to win this game by. You know, I, I – Xavier short this year on on bodies. I I have no idea who they're going to throw at Zach Eady. I I, I just I, we got to pick this game because it's a big game for our alma mater. But I mean, I'm taking Purdue. I I don't think they'll have an answer for Zach Eady, and I'm not sure they'll have an answer for some of the other uh, weapons that Purdue has. Um, I would be really worried about Xavier in general scoring points. Um, you know, maybe we'll see something out of this, uh, these couple of freshmen and transfers that were brought in. Um, but, uh, I, I, what are you thinking, Joe, besides the fact that I'm assuming you're picking Purdue, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on the game? Purdue, I'd be happy if Xavier covers the 17 or gets in between the 17 and a half point spread there. I don't have very high hopes for this team other than just Sean Miller. will figure it out. Um, we've got plenty of transfers to, to help out with that, but I do think Purdue is on a revenge tour. 
They can go at you different ways. Plenty of different players now. I think Braden Smith is much improved at the point guard so far. We'll see when he actually plays more competition, but I think he'll be more improved this year. Um, I don't think they're taking any prisoners. I'm going Purdue pretty big in this one. But, again, if Xavier can just keep it kind of close, I'll be okay. Next one up, we have Wisconsin and Providence. This one is at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. This one's at Providence. Now, we have, you know, Wisconsin we just talked about a lot. We also have, you know, Providence, who has a new coach this year, and he has some players returning, but maybe a little bit of iffiness, whether they're good enough to make the tournament or be a top 25 team. Yeah, Joe, uh, just unfortunate this game also happens to be on Tuesday. I know it's a little bit before the Champions Classics with a 6 p.m. tip, so maybe be able to catch a little bit of it. But want to see what uh, Providence has uh, with Kim English at the helm. I know we talked about in a preseason special about really like Bryce Hopkins as, you know, maybe one of our top 10, top 15 players in the country this year. So um, I'm going to go with Wisconsin, maybe, uh, you know, recency bias. I just saw them play a great game against Tennessee. You know, yeah, they lost. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and pick Wisconsin um, just with the, the depth that they have and whatnot uh, to go ahead and, and win on the road at Providence. Joe, what are you thinking? I'm going Wisconsin as well. Not to just agree with you all the time, but you're right. I think I do really like what they have this year. A.J. Storr is going to bring a different element to the team they already had. And if Wall stays healthy, I think – you know, they could be a really good team this year that we just didn't see happening uh, because it just looks so different from what it did last year. Um, per, or Providence, sorry, not Purdue. Uh, Providence, um, I am very big on them as well. I do think Bryce Hopkins one of the best players in the country and did not get nearly enough accolades in the preseason. Um, I remember most of the last year we were talking, is it is it Bryce Hopkins or is it Sule Boom for Big East Player of the Year? And then Tyra Kola kind of sweeps in and kind of takes it. So, I think he's very good. Devin Carter's back too, but I think in a big game, go with the experienced team, go with the experienced coach with Wisconsin, even if it's on the road. Um, I, I think they'll be able to get the win there, even though I do think Providence will probably end up being better down the stretch. Not not better than Wisconsin, just better than they will be in this game. Next one up, we have Marquette in Illinois. This one's at 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday as well at Illinois. Another game, and unfortunately, he's just going to have a tip time that you know, you're not going to see much of this game unless, like you and I, we go back and, and watch. Uh, there's a little bit of a heavier slate this week, but I think if I remember correctly, it's kind of front-loaded, so maybe later in the week, especially like Wednesday, Thursday, we might have some time to go back and watch these games. But um, I'll go ahead and take Marquette. I mean, they're just they're bringing everybody back. Um, you know, it, it, this is their first, you know, big game of the year. I'll go ahead and take them. Joe, what are you thinking? I'm going to go Illinois. I mentioned earlier in our preseason podcast, I really like Terrence Shannon and what he can do. I think they're a very good team. Being that they're at home in this one, I think I take them. If it's neutral court, I probably Marquette. Um, you know, obviously, unless it's an NCAA tournament game where Shaka Smart might get to the second weekend, then we can talk about maybe maybe I don't I believe in that curse or whatever. I don't know. But I'm just glad we disagree on a game. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I I think it'll be a fun one. This will be one of the ones where Wednesday morning, you know, Tuesday during the other games, you're gonna be checking the scores, you'll be watching on a second TV, kind of like you said. But Wednesday morning, you're you're gonna want to watch this game because I think it could be a lot of fun uh, with with se- several good players on both sides of the ball. All right, Creighton and Iowa, a little bit of a uh, middle of America battle here. 10 p.m. on Eastern time on Tuesday. This one's at Creighton. Yeah, this one you probably could watch uh, the vast majority of uh, once that once that Champions Classic finishes, uh, assuming everything's on time and the first game doesn't, you know, uh, you know, take way too long. But uh, if you if you like to stay up till midnight like us and watch college basketball, this is probably one for you. Um, I'll go ahead and take Creighton. I like Kalkbrenner. I like uh, I know you you brought up their um Utah Utah State transfer at point guard. I got to see him a lot last year. And right now I'm blanking on his name. At Stephen Ashworth, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I know obviously Ryan Nemhart now at uh, now at uh, Gonzaga, but still like what uh, what I see. Uh, Joe, is there is there anything you like from Iowa that might con- make you consider taking them in this game? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, um, I, I just think we haven't seen uh, too much of Iowa. They've had plenty of roster turnover the last couple of years, whether it's, you know, Luca Garza or the Murray brothers. Um, even uh, I know one of the guys I like a lot is Aaron Eulis is gone. Um, it's, it's not the same team, so I kind of have to see it, but I do really like Creighton this year too. Um, I do think they'll have a pretty good game. And I think this will be one where we can kind of see Ashworth kind of get involved. And I, I'm excited to see him play against somewhat of a good team and see if they can kind of gel together. 
Next one up, we have Maryland and Villanova. This one's at Villanova. This is 8.30, and this is on November 17th, so that would be Friday. There is a lot in this game because, you know, we're we're talking Kyle Neptune, where can he take this team? And Maryland is coming off of – I need to double-check my exactly – I know I texted you about both of these games. Do you have the two teams they lost to off the top of, off the top of your head? I do not. I know they lost to some bad teams. I don't know who they were at the top of my head. It was – this is great. This is great content, great <laughs> podcasting. Uh, it was – There we go. It was UAB without Jelly Walker. Obviously, he graduated. And Davidson, who I believe when I sent you uh, that result, you had said that they weren't supposed to be that good either. This is a team that was picked, I believe, top five in the Big Ten, right, Joe? Maryland? Yep. Now, I mean, what are we – I have this game on here. I'm going to pick Maryland just because I think they're going to start hitting the panic button at this point. Uh, you know, I there's a lot to like about Villanova between – uh, more being back and, and TJ Bomba and um, hopefully we get to see a little bit more out of Mark Armstrong this year. But uh, I just I think they're going to be in. I know it's early and we don't write any cards this this early except unless you're Kenny Payne at Louisville. I think they need this game to just get to just get something rolling, man. I mean it's a it's a road game at Villanova. Don't have to travel that far from from Maryland to Philly. I just think this is one they're gonna they're gonna take because they they need to start rolling here. Yeah, I'm going to go Villanova. I think preseason I would have gone Maryland. I just, from everything we know now, from everything we've seen from Maryland, it's hard to pick them. Um, I still have my doubts about Kyle Neptune and Villanova, but, you know, more being back is huge. And, and I know there's some people out there in the college basketball media world who think he's, like, one of the best players in the whole country. I don't know if he's that good, but he's very good. Um, I think being at home matters. I don't know. I just it's for a team that I was pretty high on, and Jameer Young specifically, I was pretty high on. Uh, I I just I don't know. I got I got the ick pretty quickly here, so I, I don't know. Going Villanova. All right, and we also have some tournaments to go over this week. We're starting this week. We'll also have some next week as we go into Thanksgiving week, as we all know, and then we'll also have some over Christmas. Although those are pretty minor usually. We'll start it off with the Charleston Classic. I will list the teams off, and we'll just give our champions. You know, we'll have plenty of different matchups you could have, but we'll just give our champions for these. Uh, the teams in the Charleston Classic, we have Dayton, Houston, LSU, St. John's, Towson, Utah, and Wake Forest. I'm going to pick um, I'm gonna pick Houston. I, I would think you might be picking Houston as well. well. Obviously, I'll let you make your own pick. Um but uh, there, there are a couple of interesting teams in this field. Um, St. John's, obviously, they're playing, and I know we didn't talk about it, but they're getting ready to play Michigan this week. Not necessarily, you know, supposed to be that great, but at least a, an interesting test for them. Um, Utah, Wake Forest, I believe, uh, Joe, Demari Monsanto's not been playing for Wake Forest. I, I, I didn't know if he was injured or if you had heard anything about that. No, I hadn't heard anything. I knew he wasn't playing. Yeah, I, was, I don't know why. I was just looking at their box scores, uh, and I just realized – because that was – I was actually going to bring them up. When, that was one of the things. I wanted to bring them up and say, you know, if you want to pick in a big field, you know, kind of a dark horse to maybe – or, you know, somewhat of a dark horse to be able to overtake Houston in this, I was going to pick them. And then I just saw he's not been playing. So I don't know what's up with that. Wake Forest has Hunter Salas. They've, they've got a few pieces there. Um, they did lose a game earlier this week, so I, I just don't – we'll have to look into that, maybe give you guys an update on our next podcast. But I'll go with Houston. Uh, our, our, me and my wife's flyers are in this, in this tournament. I uh, don't like them, right, you know, to do anything of noise. The other team that's in this tournament that uh, we – you know, we didn't touch on this loss, but LSU just lost to Nickel State. So there's, there's just some interesting – um, storylines in this, but I'll go ahead and take Houston and come out of this field. What are you thinking, Joe? I'm taking Houston. Um, the other team I would mention, since you already mentioned Wake Forest, I think there's two teams that I'm kind of interested in seeing outside of outside of Houston. One of them is Wake Forest. You mentioned them. I'll say Utah. They have a lot of returning talent on this team. I'm not sure they're good enough to make the tournament, uh, but they have, they have good size. They have some good point guard play as well. I think they could be a team that surprises. They're not going to win it. I still think it's Houston's to lose, but 
you know, mentioning of the teams here. Always fun to see that. And as you mentioned, too, I think biggest storyline for this whole tournament might be just Rick Pitino being back and being in some of these bigger games, as he will be against Michigan uh, tonight as we record this Monday. All right, the next one up, we have the Continental Tire main event. This one will be in Las Vegas. We have Washington, St. Mary's, San Diego State, and Xavier. So we have uh, a couple of teams that aren't expected to be the greatest in Xavier and Washington and a couple other teams who have already lost a game this season. That was one of the reasons I was really looking at this. Um, I will take St. Mary's. I will keep riding that train that I was riding in the preseason until I am forced to get off of it. Um, but obviously look at sandy i would look at san diego state as the other team to likely or possibly win this um joe what are you thinking yeah it's a it's a tournament worth watching but maybe lost a little bit of its luster i'm still going st mary's too again i i'm not as high on san diego state as even probably as well as much as i was in the preseason um they just lost too much they're a team that can't afford to lose too much uh as they really kind of recruit and develop players more um I not very high on Xavier Washington. I'll be I'll be rooting for Xavier and Washington in this one. We have Xavier, obviously, we went to, um, and Washington has a bunch of UK transfers on that team. That'll make it fun for me to watch. But I do think St. Mary's will end up winning it. Joe, the only other thing I wanted to bring up, I, I know we we touched a little bit on Mike Hopkins. They just lost a home game to Nevada. They were played a very close game with a team I know you're high on in Northern Kentucky. Those were two home games. Just, just something to monitor. Nothing, nothing mm-hmm. too terrible there. Nothing, nothing, you know, absolutely mind blowing. But, uh, you know, I to me, I mean, if they lose the game to Xavier and then lose to, you know, either of the two teams that they'd be playing, it, you know, might start to hear some some whispers. Not that the second team they would be playing in St. Mary's or San Diego State would be, you know, that would be a a better game for them, I think. But still, you know, if you're sitting here. You know, with a couple of losses, it's early. You know, looking at the rest of their schedule, um, they do have a game with Gonzaga early December. Um, that's really the only other big test, unless you want to say Colorado State at home. That's a dame game from what we've seen from them so far. They could absolutely lose. But, you know, getting into that Pac-12 schedule, you know, it just, it's just a situation to monitor. Not, not really anything to say other than, you know, just take a look at it. Um, you know, I know we talked about one of your former Kentucky players, Keon Brooks, out there. You know, we'll just we'll just something to something to keep your eye on. Um, you know, if we start to hear whispers, Joe, who are you thinking coming out of this field? Oh, it's it's St. Mary's in that one, but I will say, I yeah, Mike Hopkins, hot seat. Yeah, there's a couple guys on the hot seat already. He's on the hot seat. Kenny Payne's on the hot seat. Uh, just programs that are that have a little bit of history with basketball and just need to need to do a little bit better. Empire Classic, Greg, the last one we're going to pick, UConn, Indiana, Louisville, and Texas. It is a very, very good, in terms of brand, uh, event we have going on here with the reigning national champion being in it, too. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take Texas coming out of this field. Um, I, I haven't seen enough of UConn yet to, for me to, to want to pick them over Texas. We, you know, we just talked about how – uh, maybe going to be relying on some some younger players um, and Stefan Castle and whatnot. A lot of turnover from that national championship roster. Um, Indiana also in the field. Uh, I was texting Joe. Uh, almost lost to Army. So Mike Woodson. Maybe you know it's it starts to starts to get a little interesting for him too. Uh, but I'll I'll go ahead and take Texas to come out of this field. Joe, any who are you picking and, and any other thoughts? I probably should think twice about this because uh, this is a team I picked to go very far in the tournament last year, and they did go pretty far, but not far enough to win me money on bracket challenges. But Texas, I'm going to take them. I like their guard play. Tyrese Hunter, Max Acemas, I might remember him from Oral Roberts. Um, UConn, as you mentioned, I'm not really sure. Some people have them as high as like five in their preseason rankings. I'm not really sure how you get to that conclusion based on what they have coming back. Um, I there's Yes, Castle could end up being very, very good, a one-and-done and everything else. But even then, you still have other guys that need to step up, and there's guys who are injured coming into the year. There's guys who have totally different roles than they did last year. It's it's a it's a whole thing where I'm sure they'll figure it out, but I don't know if they're a top ten team this year. I don't know if they, you know, I, I think they're a tournament team. I think they compete for the Big East. I just don't know if they're a national contender this year. I'll go Texas. I think it'll be fun uh, to see them win this one possibly, and I do think, um, you know, having the coach from last year, Rodney Terry, take over. Uh, I think that's huge. I, the players support him. I think it'll be fun to see them maybe win this one. 
Joe, I do think some of that UConn hype is that projection. I've seen a lot of Donovan Klingon. You know, I saw someone put him in their their preseason All American, not just Big East All, but I've saw him placed in a in a preseason All American team. I think that's a bit much for a guy that yes was fantastic coming off the bench behind uh, Sonogo, but uh, maybe you really like Tristan Newton. You really like Stefan Castle. You really think Klingon's going to take a big step? I'm with you on this. I I don't get having them as high as a top five team preseason. I think they're going to be a decent team. I, you know, uh, I don't personally, unless we see something fantastic from, from Stefan Castle, think we're going to see them as a threat to, to repeat his national title team, but maybe talking about possible sweet, uh, uh, second weekend team, you know, just, just depends on how things roll together. So wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be the biggest surprise. So, uh, just definitely wanted to touch on that. I know Joe, you and I have talked about how there is just so much hype for Donovan Klingon and, you know, maybe a little more than there should be. Uh, definitely more than there should be so far, but hey, he could definitely live up to it. He just hasn't shown it quite yet, and at least on a big, large picture. Uh, but we both have Texas for the Empire Classic. That's the last tournament we're going to pick. Uh, Greg, any final thoughts for the week? Uh, just just feels like a prelude to Feast Week. Just get, get me to Feast Week. Just get me basketball. We're going to have a little bit of afternoon basketball, but just get me to basketball all day. That's That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think it was not even until Thursday when, when afternoon basketball starts. That's a travesty. People work from home these days. People like me do this, you know, full-time for a living. We just got to have something on the screen next to us while we work, and it's it's got to be something done in the future. But I, I'm excited. There are a lot of good games this week. As you mentioned before, Feast Week, when we get all these cool tournaments. My turn to remind everyone to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and subscribe to the Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review. It can be one star, it can be five stars. You can tell me whatever you want about me or Greg or our opinions. It'll be great. Uh, we just appreciate that you're listening and, and enjoying college basketball with us. For now, thanks for watching us, guys. We'll see you guys next week.